1: 888- 235 7374. And now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard.
2: Okay. Good evening to those of you listening to our live broadcast tonight, July 31, 2012. And hello to those of you listening to an Internet Archive within a few minutes of the show close or rebroadcast some other time. Great, you remembered our time, Tuesday. And then, of course, Wednesday and Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. are rebroadcasts. Eastern Time, of course, here on Blog Talk Radio. And there is a link on my website. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izzard, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Yeah, obviously on the Internet. Mm. So uh, to call into the program, call 619-789-6835 619-789-6835, or send an instant message during the show through the link on the Blog Talk Radio homepage. Now, to find the program without the link in my e-card, enter my name or the name of the program in the Blog Talk Radio search box. Now, um, yes, I do send out e-cards, and those e-cards go out to people who sign up for the newsletter. Now, any problems with the Internet links, give me a call at 866-472-6094. Again, 866-472-6094 after the program. Now, on this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Now, only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician now, last uh, Tuesday, our live guest, and that was July 10, 2012, was Jerry Gavin, author of Messages from Margaret for the year 2012 and beyond. If you missed that program, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio link to hear the show. For appointments with me, that's face-to-face or remote. Yes, I do have a virtual secure office. And for general information, call 866-472-6094. Remember, you can purchase the book I co-authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health, on my site. Again, www.amtherapies.com. Go there to make that wonderful resource a gift to yourself and or a friend. You can also follow me on Twitter, uh, Alternative Medi, and don't forget New Skin Supplements and Beauty Products, where beauty and wellness meet technology. Now today, when we come back from the break, I am going from the news and the break, I'm going to be talking with uh, Susan Dentino, author of Songs of My Life, Slightly Out of Tune. And at the end of the program, we will discuss the herb wintergreen and the asana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Okay, and it's usual our science daily. And uh, it starts out, New Findings, break Tanning Misconceptions. Uh, There's no such thing as a safe pan. Science Daily, and this was July 23, 2012, a new study conducted by GW School of Medicine and Health Sciences, SMHS researchers, Edward C. DeFabo, Ph.D., Francis P. Noonan, Ph.D., and Anastas Papritilov Oh, my goodness. MD, please forgive me, whoever you are, (laughs) for destroying your name, PhD, uh, has been published in the journal Nature Communications. Uh, Now, quote, this is the first time that UV-induced melanin formation or tanning, traditionally thought to protect against skin cancer, is shown to be directly involved in melanoma formation in mammals. End quote, said DeFavo, who is professor emeritus at SMHS. Quote, skin melanoma is the most lethal of the skin cancers. Our study shows that we were able to discover this new role for melanin by cleaning, separate by cleaning, cleanly separating UVA from UVB and exposing our experimental melanoma animal models with these separated wave bands using our unique UV light system designed and set up at GW. Dermatologists have been warning for years there is no such thing as a safe tan and this new data appears to confirm this. Their research uses mammalian a model, mammalian model To investigate melanoma Formed in response to precise Spectrally defined Ultraviolet wavelengths And biologically relevant doses Now they show that melanoma Induced by ultraviolet A 320 to 400 NM requires The presence of melanin Pigment and is associated With oxidative DNA Damage within melanite Melanocytes Now, in contrast, ultraviolet B radiation, 280 to 320 NM, initiates melanoma in a pigment-independent manner associated with direct ultraviolet B DNA damage. The researchers identified two ultraviolet wavelength-dependent pathways for the induction of CMM, and the study describes an unprecedented predicted and and significant role for melanin within the melanocyte in uh, melanoma genesis. Quote, also known in our discovery that UV induction of melanin as a melanoma-causing agent works when skin is exposed only to UVA and not UVB radiation. This is especially important since melanoma formation has been correlated with sunbed use as many epidemiological studies have shown. One possible reason for this is that tanning lamps are capable of emitting UVA radiation up to 12 times or higher the UVA intensity of sunlight at high noon. Melanin plus UVA is known to cause photooxidation, a suspected but still to be proved mechanism for the formation of melanoma, as we describe in our study. End quote. DeFabo said. Okay, folks. So um, again. ScienceDaily.com, one resource for news on all levels and about many different areas, uh, science and so uh, Very good. Okay.
1: okay.
3: Call
2: on the number 66 x 216 For a hearing live call in 619 789 will be back. This is
1: the of my life. Lighting. Have
3: Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes chi Therapy, acupressure and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izard is here to help. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com
1: or call 610-658-0135 Alternative Medicine Therapies With being
2: psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parthenia Izard. Now, remember on my website, www.amtherapies.com, you can preview and purchase the book I co authored, 101 Great Ways to Improve Your Health. I mean, my chapter is naturopathy, and we know that nothing is more important than your health, Uh, but between the overburdened, between the overburdened medical establishment, blaring crisis-driven health headlines, and our own hectic lives, finding the information you and your family need can be next to impossible. We're here to help. We'll bring together 101 of the top minds in radically different branches of the healing professions to give you 101 simple, workable ways to attack disease, overcome unhealthy habits, and live your life to its healthiest potential. Follow the link on my homepage. It is a beautiful blue book link. Okay, as I said earlier, before we went to break, tonight's guest is Susan Dentino. Uh, She's an author, a motivational speaker, a radio show host. Uh, Her new memoir is entitled, Songs of My Life, Slightly Out of Tune. Her mission is to make people find the humor in everyday experiences in spite of what they may be going through, and this book focuses on humor amidst adversity. Uh, Susan is also the author of the best-selling children's book, A Year of Me. Uh, this book, Geared to Children, 4 and Up, is a wonderful interactive journal that takes children through a magical year of memories and adventures.
0: Good evening. How are you, Susan? Good evening. Thank you so much for having
2: me. Oh, my pleasure. I love the title, Songs of My Life. How wonderful. How did you come up with that?
0: (laughs) You know, as I was writing the book, I found that there were different songs that would play just in my head while I was writing, and I just came up with some of the titles based on what song I was listening to. For instance, in the marriage chapter, the first dance my husband and I danced to was We've Only Just Begun, but I certainly couldn't use that. We've been married 41 years, so I added the word again. So there's a slight twist to the titles of the song, so that's where the slightly out of tune came in, but I found myself humming many of those tunes while I was writing. Well, let me ask you this um where are you from and and what, in your youth or
2: your young adulthood, prepared you or pointed you toward what you're doing now?
0: Um, I was born in Buffalo, New York. I now am a resident of Florida, so I split my time between florida and um and Buffalo. I'd always been interested in writing, and most importantly, I've always kept a journal. Uh, now, now we call a journal what we used to call keeping a diary. And much of what I wrote in the book is taken from those memories and, and the memoir that I kept while I was raising my children and more recently with what's gone on with my parents. So my education is basically a traditional graduate with an English degree and then I became more involved in the metaphysical world uh, later in life. I was like a flower child so I was part of the civil rights movement and all of that in my college days, and then as I was having my family, I just felt more pulled to go to exactly what you're talking about, alternative medicines. I have a very strong belief in meditation, and I have an empowering meditation technique that I've trademarked that I also talk a little bit about in Songs of My Life. So what I feel this book is all about is that it combines... Really, our day-to-day experiences with humor and then also gives you some tools that you can use to get to that place of serenity where no matter what's going on in your life, you can find an inner peace with it
2: well it definitely does have a sense of humor folks you will enjoy reading it and chuckle as you go and it is not going to take you forever to learn what it is she's trying to to impart um i, I like nothing lightens the soul like laughter is one of her first opening uh, remarks uh which sort of sets the tone or at least lets you know what to anticipate um you just so that the listeners have an idea of the way you think, I would like to just say the headings the songs. say the headings for the different chapters, and then we can just sort of go through and talk about different things in the book. Now, Chapter 1 is Just the Way You Are. Chapter 2, Teach Your Children Well. Chapter 3, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Chapter 4, Release Me and My Parents. Uh, Chapter 5, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. Chapter 6, Let's Get Physicals. That's with an S, folks. Uh, chapter 7, We Are Family on Vacation. Chapter 8, Forever Young. Chapter 9, We Have Only Just Begun Again. Chapter 10, Take a Walk on the Wild Side. Chapter 11, His Way. Chapter 12, A Few of My Favorite Things. Wonderful. Um the well, you know, I, there's so much in here that I think is going to be interesting and helpful. I At midway of the program or midway of the hour, I want you to share all of your contact information and such. But And so we're going to get to all that kind
0: of thing. But for now, just the way you are. That I really wrote as my first chapter because it was such a huge part of my life. I was never what you would call a traditionally thin person, and I have had a weight challenge a good part of my life and I found as I got older and I was looking back at it, it had colored so many of the times in my life that should have been mm-hmm. joyous, and I would lose the weight and expect everything to be different and to feel different, and i 'd find that that wasn 't the case so. I really started on a self-exploration where I started looking at what it was about myself that I didn't like. And I found that it had a lot more to do with than just my physical appearance because there was oftentimes when I was at the quote-unquote proper weight and I still didn't like what I saw in the mirror. So I began to just learn to accept myself just the way I was thus the title and it's interesting because when I originally used that song I was referring to the Billy Joel song but then Bruno Mars came out with a great song with the same title so whatever song appeals the most to you but it's just learning to look in the mirror and I always say that there's times that we look in the mirror and say worse things to ourselves than we would ever say to our you know, worst enemy. So I really believe so strongly in looking in the mirror, and no matter what kind of a night you've had as far as sleep goes or anything, find something that you like and start your day in a positive way, accepting yourself the way you are. Because I feel that just having been up and down the scale as many times as I have been, that it's not about the pounds. It's about what you feel about yourself from the inside out. Ah,
2: okay, very good. Um, now, in, in the next chapter, and I especially like this chapter because it, it sort of guides parent and parents in a direction they tend not to want to go. But um, I'll let
0: you explain. Uh, the title, again, Teach Your Children Well. Well, I was under the misguided notion, as I go through in that chapter, that as my children aged, I was still under some type of law that I had to keep them happy at all times. And I cite quite a few examples where I fell flat on my face with that. So I began to realize that they had really reached an age where they were on their own journey and I had to let them go, trusting that what I had taught them was enough to keep them going, and whatever else they were experiencing was part of their own journey. And I talk in that chapter as well about grandchildren, which I think is the greatest invention of all time. I wish I would have started with grandchildren because (laughs) if you could skip the middle step, that would be a wonderful thing, that is raising your own children. But you have so much more... Personally, I feel I have so much more wisdom at this age where you look at the children and you realize what the things are to get upset about and the other things to just let go. So that chapter is really about taking a look at your children, especially as they age and reach adulthood, and knowing when you should get involved and shouldn't get involved. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I, I think parents
2: definitely tend to lose sight of the fact that, Their children Then they become adults And at some point You have to let them be adults So hopefully They won't be so dependent on you That when you're not there To catch them They can function And be successful And I think that's the transition That a lot of parents Have a hard time uh, making But um, you talk about it In a wonderful way Um, uh, Moving on uh, Don't worry Be happy How in the world
0: Do you get people To that place (laughs) And as I say in the book, I was a master worrier. If they were giving doctorates for that, and I'm sure I know now, right? As my children are reading this book, I know they, they rolled their eyes at that one because they still do consider me a worrier, but I am much better than I used to be. And, and you know, it. so I, I've worked through it. And what's interesting, in my opinion, about the book is that it was written over quite a long span of time. I mean, probably, you know, the... The words themselves didn't take that long, but that was written over many years. So I really talk a lot about the experiences that I had. But you really realize, again, as you get older, how much time you wasted worrying about things because the things you worried about nine times out of ten didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then the other things that you never in a million years would have expected show up. So I don't. I think if you're that type of person, it's difficult to get to a place where you can say you're totally carefree. But I think there is a way that you can prioritize how much time you spend worrying and really release it. And it's true because in the book, I write this, and everything in the book is is true. I might have, you know, exaggerated a little bit, but for the most part, it's true. And when I was younger, I used to wake up in the morning and think, okay, what was I worrying about right before I went to sleep? And then resume, you know, so it was like a constant, you know, um, a constant record playing in my mind again meditation helped me quite a bit with that learning to get to a place where you really just let it go um so that that helped as well but it was just again realizing those little hints that finally you know lightly tap you on the shoulder and say you know what this is wasting way too much time well now since we're talking about sons and
2: daughters what what did they have to say or did you even pass by them um, when you were writing the book, I mean, were there some things they didn 't want you to share or they had a problem with you sharing, or how did you navigate that piece?
0: I was very cautious with it because i did I really did not want anybody to feel that there was anything in the book that they would be embarrassed by. I purposely don 't name any of any of the names. <laughs> Of my children. <laughs> I must <laughs> admit, uh, my middle daughter is an attorney, and she's been going through with a fine-tooth <laughs> comb. So I was very careful that I did not name anybody. Uh, the only name I use is my brother's at the end of the book, and it's obvious why I did use his name. But that is a concern because there were some chapters that I was going to include that I decided not to because I think people's feelings might have been hurt. So I was cautious about that but as far as what I did decide to write about I felt that they were very much universal principles so it wasn't like one specific thing I know my youngest daughter you know who was probably one of the stars next to my husband of the book you know she had said that she did not remember herself being quite as you know as um I don't want to use the word bad, but mischievous, that would be better. (laughs) She was portrayed in the book. But, I mean, like I said, I kept journals through all this part. So, you know, these were all very valid memories. But you raise an excellent point because that is one thing that I really wanted to be careful of. And the only chapter that I was concerned about was Release Me and My Parents. and. Uh, as I write in the chapter, I had lost my dad, and since the books come out, I did lose my mom. We just lost her a few months ago. I was concerned how she was going to feel about that chapter, because I knew she didn't perceive herself in the way that she would have been portrayed. So I had a brainstorm, because she had uh, a bit of a problem with her eyes. What I was going to do is, like, go and have a large print book made, and conveniently leave that chapter out. So I that was the old chapter that I worried about and it wasn't at all mean-spirited but it was just like I've talked to so many of my colleagues and friends that are going through this with aging parents I was afraid she wouldn't have found it funny certainly and some of the things she might have thought were you know not quite fair but I can tell you my siblings would have agreed wholeheartedly with every word I wrote so but it is true when you're doing Truth telling, you do have to walk a fine line. Oh, because nobody seems to remember it
2: exactly the <laughs> same way you do. It's funny. But uh, you say, well, weren't we both there? Um, but anyway, right. I, that was quite a challenge, and I'm I'm tr- truly impressed that you even dared to d- go there. But anyway, so release me and my parents. You sort of touched on it a little bit already,
0: but, yeah, I'll just sort of give a snippet to wrap it up, and then we'll we'll go on to the next one. I think that so many of us are caught right now, and that's why I thought that that chapter was so important. I really didn't feel I could leave that chapter out and what I had gone through because it was really one of those situations where, you know, we had known my mother in one way, and then when my dad passed, we got to see a whole other side of her, and I... I think there's a lot of people that go through this. And it's interesting because I've actually had a few people that have read the book have sent me like quote-unquote fan mail on this chapter saying, thank you so much. I thought I was the only one going through this. Um, So I think that it's just I talk about how the rules switch, and all of a sudden you become somebody that you're kind of watching out for your parents, but they don't want you to be watching out for them. So it's just that fine line of, you know, trying to be respectful and yet still trying to help them, I just think it's a big dilemma many of us face, and again, with so many of the things I went through with my mother, much the same way I'd gone through with my children, thinking that my Duty was to keep her happy. Where I finally had to come to the same realization I had come to with my children that it was an impossible task. Basically, she never got over the fact of losing my father. So. That's what she wanted. She wanted my dad back, which was not possible. So there was no way to, you know, there was no way that me and my siblings could do anything to really keep her totally happy. So that's what I talk about. And again, I I think it's something that many people can relate to right now. Sure. My goodness. Now, um, okay. Don't stop till you get enough.
2: No, you thought you were
0: going to get That's away one with That's my favorite <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite chapters. I know sometimes I think when people read it, they think, uh, you know, would I have the nerve to do this? Because I talk about being a master shopper and always being the one that ran all over the place looking for gifts for everybody. And then when Christmas would roll around, you know, my gifts would be something <laughs> that my husband, the power shopper, as I like to call him, you know, would go through on Christmas Eve and buy all my gifts in an hour and so I talk about the one Christmas morning where you know I woke up and here you know after buying everybody the wonderful gifts I unwrapped my gift which was so ill suited for me it wasn't even funny and um, my husband when I you know just gently asked him where he bought this he told me and the store was notorious for not taking returns and I, I burst out crying and here I have three daughters they're all looking at me like oh my gosh, you know, who's the Ebenezer Scrooge kind of person on Christmas? <laughs> and it was just, but something, and I think that's what's important with the book as well. What I talk about in each chapter are the shifts that I go through. And then I begin making the changes. And with that Christmas, something just shifted. And I realized that there were times I was difficult to buy for, you know, that I had certain expectations. So what I just started doing was, was gifting my to myself, when I would go shopping, if I knew there was something that I really wanted, I would pick it up for myself. So, come Christmas, you know, uh, my expectations were fulfilled because I had bought everything I really wanted. I know a lot of
2: people that do that, and there's something else you talk about that you started sending to yourself, which I
0: think is also delightful and very wise. It, yes, I talk about how, um, again, I, I was. Uh, putting together a party, and I was just wishing somebody would send me flowers for this party. And I did that often. I was always thinking, well, maybe somebody will do it. So I called the florist, and I had uh, flowers delivered to myself. And the cool thing about it was I even wrote myself a card, and it's, uh, thank you, Susan, for all that you do love Susan and I put the card by the flowers at this party everybody picked it up and got a big kick out of it and I think I really helped the florist industry because (laughs) I have so many women that tell me now that it's something that they do and I'm actually looking at beautiful pink roses right on my desk that I bought myself if I don't have them delivered it's rare I don't have fresh flowers in the house I always think it's so sad when I go to a wake and see all those beautiful flowers and think how much the person might have enjoyed them when they were living. So Mm -hmm. I always try and sunflowers as gifts and also make sure that I have fresh flowers whenever possible. Well, I think the most important point is not to be
2: sad and grumpy sitting around waiting for people who should know, (laughs) probably should know these things that (laughs) you (laughs) might They're waiting for them to just do them. Go ahead and what does it hurt? Because you get the enjoyment out of the flowers, and you're going to get that regardless of where they come from.
0: (laughs) But I thought it's really cute. I, I really do. Well, uh, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I know it was really something that I felt very strongly about, and you're exactly right because now what happens, it would be okay if you could just let it go if it didn't bother you, but see, that wasn't the case with me, so then I would become like this world-class martyr you know, pouting all day Christmas because I didn't get, and I'm thinking what is wrong with this picture because it's not who I am. I'm normally a happy person, that's my nature, so to get in this kind of rot with you like you said setting people up and and then thinking and it's really something now that can be very cost effective because almost all stores have flowers and things so it oh, can yeah. really be something you can do relatively inexpensively and it mm-hmm. makes such a difference i know there's times where i order flowers and i forget about it because i'm so busy in <laughs> the preparations and then when they come it's like i'm truly surprised it's like wow you know it's a, it's a oh, great geez. thing
2: so oh, funny! That is just too funny. I just hope people under, hear what you're saying and generalize it to other things that they like to do or that they enjoy, uh, rather than waiting around for someone that they could have been married to for sixty years, who just doesn't get it or isn't just isn't wired in such a way to to do those kinds of things, you know. And they spend their whole marriage not having that pleasantry in their midst when they could have just gotten it.
1: It is
0: so true, and I think it's so much about learning how to gratefully receive, whether you're getting it from somebody else or getting it from yourself. I think that's one of the issues that women often have where we're so programmed to think that we're supposed to be giving and not allowing ourselves to receive. And I talk about that in the book, too, that okay. if you're somebody that can't even accept a compliment, yeah. you know, it, it tells you a lot about what you're allowing to come into your life.
2: Yes. I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that also because I do know people who, whenever you give them a compliment, they make little of it. You know, that's oh, well, anybody could have done that. Or, you know, they, they push it aside. And I remind them. It's a good thing for people to say positive things about others. And if you don't accept it, you're not allowing people that opportunity. And when they hear it that way or think about it that way, sometimes they sort of go ahead with it. But um, I don't know where people got this notion that you're not supposed to accept a compliment or there's something, you know, wrong with accepting a compliment. But anyway... So i guess I
1: thoroughly
0: enjoyed your book. I really did um let's get physicals. Oh, that's my favorite pastime is going to the doctor's office, and I'm saying that with the highest sarcasm. um <laughs> What I talk about in that chapter is about how we reach that age, and I just found that the more I was going through that chapter, it kept on really coming into my mind that you go to the doctors and now you need all these tests because you are that age, and I'm in no way refuting the benefit of getting those tests. One of the things, though, that I do discuss is that sometimes they can be a little bit more intimidating than they have to be because of the way that, you know, whatever results are delivered or that infamous thing where you get a call on Friday after hours that you need to call back the doctor and then you have to be, you know, uptight all weekend waiting for the results. So I really talk about, you know, the different my issues with it and and how I've handled it. And that's one part of my life that I probably still don't have quite where I would like it to be but again I do understand the necessity of it but I also realize that there are more than one there's more than one way to achieve health and wholeness and so again i try and and walk a line between traditional and more of the you know different types of um, medical therapies that are out there but that chapter pretty much deals with uh, a couple years of exams that were kind of you know again i was very blessed because i was everything came out okay but it's just basically going through the process Very good. Uh, Hold
2: that thought, folks. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner, Parsenia Izzard. Please follow me on Twitter. Uh, I want to let you know that skin products include supplements that are the incorporation of nanotechnology uh, on more Efficiently assimilated into the body because of this nanotech technology. Uh, their beauty products are enhanced by an age lock technology that promotes youthful skin. I call new skin where beauty and wellness meet technology. Use enter code USW9099101 on my website. And we'll be back with Susan Dentino, author of Songs of My Life, slightly out of tune. Call
3: 619-789-6835. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with Parthenia Izard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com.
1: Or call 610 658 0135. Alternative Medicine Therapies.
2: Okay. you are listening, to welcome to the with me, psychologist, certified natural health care practitioner, Parsidia is Izard. Now, my life yes. um,
1: last question is: all
2: so, we had three of left, yeah. And visiting next week. This will happen. I wanted to help that. completed as thoroughly as I do. And I had to make it another day. So it worked out. So, yes. Also, March, March and the year 2012 beyond. website yes, Wednesday Thursday, of July. Like so, program, we will be the the rock we are that with Susan dentino, author of Songs of my Life, Slightly out of tune. If you have questions for my guest, call six one nine seven eight nine six eight three five that's six one nine seven eight nine six eight three five okay, susan yes, okay, well we've got the physicals and again i I think um people have in their mind that at a certain age they have to start a whole. Litany of you know physicals and routine um and, and I think the the worry wart part of people <laughs> sort of comes to the fore, but um <laughs> you know it should be something that's spread out it's necessary if you have to have those many, I keep mine to a minimum, but you know luckily, and if you have to have Spread them out a little bit and do something fun afterward. Don't go home and sit by the phone waiting for you know, whatever. Make it a treat of some sort. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: I totally, I love that idea. I totally agree. And, again, I just learned so much going through all of that with my mother, who was a retired registered nurse. So she believed in the medical community a 1,000%. And it was rare that she had a week when she was older that she didn't have a doctor's appointment. And at one point I thought to myself, if this is what it means to be in your 80s, i 'd rather not get there i mean it it just and I would go sometimes with her, and I am not exaggerating. There would be people that would walk up to the reception desk and the receptionist would say, "'Have you brought all your medications and they would pull out a shopping bag. Full of medications, and you know, I, I'm sure that's a whole nother show we could talk about <laughs> um, that whole thing. But it was, and I, I agree. I really, again, I, I'm not foolhardy about it. But there's also things that I question at this point in my life whether they're necessary or not. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm certain they are important.
2: Some, I, yeah, but I guess it is a business, though. So, but they are finding ways of streamlining the various and sundry diagnostic tests and procedures that are necessary on a basic level. And, you know, so that you only do these other ones if there's a reason, a specific reason. But anyway, we are family on
0: vacation. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I have a friend who read their book, and he texted me, and he said, you took a seven-month-old to Disney World. And it's funny because that was a perspective I never even thought. But oh yes, they talk about the joys of putting everybody in a small space and trying to have fun. And um, that chapter, again, my daughters have read it and they have just died laughing because they forgot about some of the things we went through. And really, that chapter could have been a book in itself because my husband is just he's Mr. Businessman, and it's he never relaxes. It seems so. It, that was always the extra little thing on any trip we took was dealing with him outside his comfort zone. But yes, I, I talk about our, our many uh, <laughs> our trips and these successes, and not so much. So that was a fun chapter to write, and certainly fun memories to relive. Okay, forever young. I did want a role. No, really yeah, I used
2: re- to hum the melody line of all of these different songs. That's where I I, I think messed up with that. But anyway, uh, are you, can you can you carry a tune? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, they're what um, I, I do the same thing. I can hum, you know, like I don't know if I can break out in song with some of these, but definitely I can hear the melody. And that title came to me, and then I couldn't remember who wrote it. And so I'm on Googling, and then I, I'm almost positive it was Neil Young who wrote that song. I'm almost positive it was him that did it. That was one of my later chapters. And I talk about, you know, Botox and all the, the lengths that were being asked to go to these days to stay young, or I shouldn't say we're yes but you know, people are feeling pressured to do so. So that was about a routine visit to the dentist, my other favorite place to go, and some of the things that really shocked me about being in the dentist's office. So that was something. I went right, as a matter of fact, I talk about my favorite place to write in Sanibel, which is the Bean Coffee House. And after I got done with that talk about rewarding yourself, I went right to have my latte after my nice clean tea. (laughs) I I went to the Bean, and I wrote... Wrote that chapter. That one just flew off my pen because I was just so surprised at what I had found at the uh, doctor, the dentist office. Again, just this whole youth oriented at all costs society that we can be a part of, and I addressed that in that chapter.
2: I I was. I didn't know that they were licensed to do those kinds of things as well, but I guess they can take whatever necessary certification they need to to
0: incorporate those
2: kinds of things. Uh, go figure.
0: I was shocked. I, uh, I had no idea either. And it just seemed to me to be so inconsistent. But I guess, see, that's where the fine line, because it begins with, you know, you're getting your teeth bleached, you know, so why not just, you know, take it to the next level. And so I guess in some respects you can kind of understand it. But, no, I was very surprised as I write the book. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing but then
2: (laughs) that doesn't mean anything I'm only one person Uh, we've only just begun
0: again yes that was uh, again I talked about that a little bit in the beginning of the show that chapter um, is about my marriage and What I find is that just at the point where you think you have all the answers in your relationship, there's a wrench that gets thrown into it. And I I compare it quite a bit throughout that chapter to navigating a river and how you really need big paddles in addition to a big boat. And it's just something that it's always changing. And I think if there's any you know, problem now with this divorce rate, I think it's this misconception that marriage isn't something that you have to work at, that it's something that comes relatively easy, and you can have the strongest love in the world, but when those challenges come up, you have to have a really strong friendship and really a connection where you respect one another, and so I talk about some of the things that that we've been through in our marriage and, and how we've resolved them, and I feel that the both of us have grown. I I think in a positive way, we're no longer the people. I met my husband when I was 15, so we've (laughs) been together quite a few years. Even before we were married, we were high school sweethearts. So that was interesting. Again, like I said, some of the chapters are very frivolous, and then there's others, I think, that really, you know, talk about things that might be a bit challenging to talk about, and that's one of them, I think, that chapter. Okay, now
2: before we go on, I want you to share with everyone your contact information, your web address, and please repeat each thing twice so people have a chance to get the pen and find
0: the paper and write it down. Okay, well, Songs of My Life, Slightly Out of Tune is available on Amazon.com. That's Amazon.com. It's available at HayHouse.com, and HayHouse is the publisher, so you can purchase the book that way. You can also get the e-version Kindle book on Amazon.com. It's available on iTunes as a book, so iTunes.com, and Nook for the Barnes & Noble fans as well as the Sony Readers. So just go to either the Barnes & Noble website or the Sony website and put in the title, and they're available for e-downloads. I'm really pushing our independent bookstores as well. And because of the lack of space, they might not have the book on hand. So, of course, I'd love for you to request it, but they can get the book. So if you go to your traditional little mom-and-pop bookstore, you can go in and order it. If they don't have it on hand, and they'll be happy to get it for you my website is my name that's susan s-u-s-a-n dentino d-i-n-t-i-n-o and again that's susan s-u-s-a-n-d-i-n and that's d as in david i-n-t-i-n-o dot com and my email i would love to hear from you especially if you've read the book and have some comments um, questions, feel free to email me at the word WISH, W-I-S-H, the number two, the word B, B-E, at AOL.com. Again, that's WISH, W-I-S-H, the number two, B-E, at AOL.com. And I'd like to tell your listeners as well that I do workshops in Empowering Meditation. All the information about that is on my website, and I'm always looking for venues, for book signings and teaching workshops. So if it's something that you have, a store that might be interested, I would love to hear from you, and I'd love to visit. So I'm a lover of travel, so I will go, you know, anywhere to sign a book or teach a class. (laughs) Very good.
2: Okay, now let me see. Take a walk on the wild side. I'm I'm certain everybody's imagination is...
0: Lying. Yes, place. that is that was my racy chapter, and <laughs> I was really kind of wondering if that might be a little bit too racy, but it was just. And and again, I don't want to go into detail with this chapter because I really think it's something you have to read to get the whole idea of it. But again, as we talked a little bit about going to the dentist, this was something too that you know I just went to the spa where everybody was naked, so I will leave it at that. And some of the the things that i saw there were just some things that were rather unusual, but again, it brought me to this whole idea of how important it is to step outside your comfort zone, to try new things, to stay out of judgment, because again, everybody is just being themselves and doing the best they can, and boy, there's nothing like being yourself when you don't have a stitch of clothes on. So I talk about that, and uh, I really found, again, it was one of my later chapters, and I thought that... Some of the insights in that chapter, I think there's many women in my generation that are asking the same questions. So that was a lot of fun to write, and um, it still cracks me up every time I read it because the memory, that, like I say, I think that happened to me maybe four years ago, so that was relatively <laughs> a recent memory. So it comes back to me vividly when I read that chapter. I would imagine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, <it's, laughs> his way. Yes, that's the last chapter of the book and that's again a a take on the title My Way. That chapter is about my brother and that was really the most difficult chapter for me to write. I talk about my brother passing and as I said a little while ago, his is the only name that's in the book and it's in tribute to him. And one of the things that I really realized in going through that experience with him, he is was my younger brother, and he died relatively quickly from stomach cancer, diagnosed in January, and uh, crossed over in April, and it was just shocking that it happened so fast, but what it really made me realize is how quickly life can turn around, and You're so close as siblings. He and I were very close when we were young, but as you get older, not through any deliberate things, it just seems that you grow apart, you see each other on holidays, but you don't take the time to, to, you know, do the things that you used to do, to talk and have those heart-to-hearts. So that was a very poignant chapter for me. And what's interesting was that, When I knew how ill he was, I actually had been in Florida and I came right home to be with him. And at the time, I had pieces of this book everywhere. And I do all my writing in longhand. And what I did was I put three chapters that were complete together on the computer, I printed them, and then I printed I printed the dedication page, and I put them all together, and this was like the day before he went into a coma, so I mean, it was really late in his uh, disease, and I presented it to him. And he looked at me, and he said, really? And I said, yes. And it was, that was the driving force. From that point on, I knew I had to get the book done. It was no more a lesson in procrastination. It was really a lesson in getting it together and finishing it. So a year after he passed, I had the book completed, and I was beginning to look for a publisher. And then I was very blessed that Hay House picked it up.
2: Very good.
0: I think a lot
2: of people can relate to that because not only is it time uh creating distance, but a lot of times people live in different parts of the country or world and um because of where they went to school or whatever, and the the sibling uh Ties do suffer you know as a result, but that's life that's you know life happens, and um hopefully you know people will read what you wrote and it'll inspire them to find little ways to keep in touch or you know stay stay connected on on some level. Okay, and then of course, your last chapter is some of your favorite things. What I'd like you to do now, because we're coming toward that point in the program, yes, our hour's almost up, and I ask my guests to share their final words of wisdom uh, for our listeners. So, what would be your final words of wisdom?
0: I think that our lives are like songs of all different volumes, all different tunes. And it's very important to pay attention to the lyrics and to pay attention to what your songs are telling you about the way you're living your life. And I also think it's so important to remember that laughter is the most therapeutic healing thing that you can do. And no matter what challenge you're going through, there's always room to find something to laugh about.
2: Wonderful. Thank
0: you so much, and um, you have a wonder. Where are you? Right now I'm in Buffalo, so I'm okay. in Buffalo, New York right now. Have a wonderful time. Enjoy the rest of the evening out there in Buffalo. Thank you so much, and thank you so much to your listeners for tuning in, and thank you for inviting me to be on your show. It was a great pleasure.
2: Thank you. Have a good evening. Bye-bye.
0: Good night. Okay, Bye. folks. Um, I want to remind you tomorrow the
2: rebroadcast will be of my Sydney Poitier uh, program from 2008. He's the author of The Measure of a Man, a spiritual autobiography. And included in that interview are what I call wisdom prints, you know, how I ask guests to share their words of wisdom. So I have a few of the wisdom Prints, if you will, from some guests from that year because it was an anniversary year, you know, an anniversary celebrating um, kind of program. But he's the primary guest for that program. Uh, and then Thursday, August 9, 2012, will be a rebroadcast of my 2008 program with Colette baron reed the author of Remembering the Future and Messages from Spirit. Okay, now it's time for our herb of the day. Today's herb is Okay, let me make sure I get... right. wintergreen, uh, one of my favorites. Uh, the parts used medicinally are the leaves, roots, and stems. Uh, some of the phytochemicals include caffeic acid, ferulic acid, gallic acid, tannin, vanillic acid. According to Balkan Balk, who you know is my resource for these items, this information, it relaxes muscles, spasms, reduces inflammation, and promotes perspiration, contains compounds similar to the hormone progesterone, good for colic, gallbladder disorders, uh, hypoglycemia, irritable bowel syndrome, kidney stones, neuralgia, rheumatism, and female disorders, it includes um, including premenstrual syndrome and menopause-related symptoms. Now, they do give a... Uh, heads up about many yam based products are extracted from plants treated with fertilizers and pesticides which may end up in the final products. The selection cleansing and processing of the raw materials is very important So, and they say it should not be used during pregnancy. Okay, now it's time for our yoga asana. Tonight's asana is the Yathara Parivartanasana. Now you lie in uh, with the arms stretched sideways at so- shoulder length, uh, shoulder level, palms up. With an exhalation, raise the legs to 90 degrees, keeping the hips down and the legs straight. Now take one or two breaths. Move the hips 5 to 10 degrees to the left and keep the legs together. Simultaneously press the left shoulder down down, and extend the left arms to the left Uh, the left arm, I hope you only have one, to the left. Revolve the abdomen to the left and take the legs diagonally down toward the right hand. Uh, Go down until the feet are about Three inches above the floor. Stay for from twenty to thirty seconds. Uh, do not hold the breath. Inhale, raise the legs. Uh, if necessary, bend the legs for a moment. Repeat on the other side, and then bring the legs and the arms down and relax. Again, that's from uh Way, the Ayangar Way, um, my source for the uh, recommendations with the yoga. Now. <clears throat> Again, um, I want to remind you, those of you late coming to the program, you've been listening to or are listening to the end of. Bye, Tom. Bye. Um,
1: <laughs> okay, now
2: my <we're> live guest is little that check the website to see who my rebroadcast rebroadcast guest uh, uh,
1: uh
2: The herb witch hazel,
1: the chases, and
2: the, sama, and the Now, you can click on my site to listen to the program live computer, iPod, iPhone, cell phone, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And remember, the show is archived immediately so you can listen to the same program anytime. Some people think they can only listen when the shows are aired, but you can listen anytime. Is a link for advertising on the program on my website. You can email inquiry for that thing. Get and recording, recording, consult at amtherapy.com. C o n s u l t at a s an apple and the therapy therapy.com. Am Therapy, alternative medicine therapy, is public, uh, remote, and institute. Consultation in the medicine. Here at all, I'm an
1: anesthesiologist. Consultation education and the professional. You can
2: give me your appointment this online on my website and weekly. So I have a virtual office. Dot you dot www.amtherapy.com. My blog and purchase my co-authoring 101 weekly. Improve your health, wellness, wholeness, and wisdom. Be well.